0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: I'm Nancy Shattuck, and I'm the membership chair of the ACB Minnesota affiliate, and we're doing this call through our membership committee this evening, and. I would like to introduce Riz Letzki. I'm not sure how I'm, how to pronounce that. Um, she's the accessibility program coordinator for Wilderness Inquiry too, and she has a gentleman, Doug, uh, is an interpreter, um, and so she will be talking with us about all the opportunities um, that Wilderness Inquiry offers, whether it be canoeing, kayaking, snowshoeing, um, whatever. So I, I'd like to introduce Riz to take it over. Thank you.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Riz Lightsky. My pronouns are they, them. I'm really excited to be here with you and talk with you. But I'm not in Minnesota right now. I'm in Oregon for at the time for the pro tactile which is a kind of a community development kind of learning about communication with deaf blind people, so learning about pro tactile language. I'm here for the month, but I am excited to talk with you about our organizational benefits and what we can offer. So our mission is to connect people of all ages, backgrounds, and abilities and identities to each other and the natural world through shared outdoor adventures. It's an opportunity for people to kind of explore their own identity. So we have four values I wanna talk about. We believe in seeking the exceptional, paddling together. So seeking the exceptional is looking for people who, like in work or employment or life, people will experience frustrations. And we want people to have opportunities to face those challenges and come up with new ways to work through them. With creativity and looking to have a better tomorrow and we look to be better and grow into tomorrow. And for paddling together, that's we work as a community of individuals and our strengths are magnified and our weaknesses are balanced. And we move forward with a cohesion and a shared goal and a unified purpose. The third value is finding a way and we are people who persevere, a tenacious group, and we strive for solutions and accept challenges. We'll use the tool that we have to fashion a fix and find a way, and an obstacle in our path becomes the next hill to climb. And the fourth value <coughs> is nurturing inclusion. So we embrace difference in the outdoors, and in our commu- community. And we really work towards have reciprocity, where we can bring our resources and learn from each other. And we affirm the power of diversity in society in the natural world. Our story for wilderness Inquiry, we started in 1978, a long time ago, it's over 50 years ago maybe my math is a little off but it's a long time ago over 500,000 people have been served over those 40 years in all 50 states and we've also been in 35 countries and our headquarters is in St Paul on Rand St Paul Minnesota on Randolph Avenue but we partner with hundreds of organizations on the local, national and international level. So that's our history. So how Wilderness Inquiry was started, it was in 1976. There's a man named Greg Lace. In the 70s, there was a governor named Wendell Anderson who decided to use people with disabilities. There was a there's a woman and women and old kind of seniors and use that as an excuse to build roads in the wilderness, in the Boundary Waters. So t- talking about the Boundary waters, canoe area wilderness. But Greg didn't want to be used as an excuse for building roads. So he got his best friend and people in two wheelchairs and two people who are deaf and hard of hearing, and they went on a trip to camp for a week in the boundary waters. And there were frustrations in that experience, but they were able to make it through that whole week and realize that the governor was wrong and prove the governor wrong, and that he couldn't use those people as an excuse to build roads. And so that was kind of an opportunity to show that people with disabilities could overcome those challenges. And then once Greg graduated from um, university, then he set up Wilderness Inquiry. So it's a really cool history how Wilderness Inquiry was um, established. So for inclusion, I want to explain a little bit of our philosophy. We work with people and communities and organizations to provide people those experiences in the outdoors and to understand what wilderness really means. It's a broad definition for wilderness, but there shouldn't be limits with wilderness. And wilderness should be accessible to everyone with physical and mental and emotional and communication disabilities, whatever their abilities, should provide the adaptations that are needed for people to enjoy those experiences in the natural settings and to learn about themselves. So three parts of our philosophy of inclusion include to be voluntary, cooperative and challenging. And it really should build relationships in community with different cultures and people of different backgrounds because people don't bring the same thing. And that way, when they bring all the different um, experiences that people have together and different backgrounds, that just builds something new and unique. The picture there is a picture in Africa and I forget which country in Africa, but there was a a wonderful trip where people from Wilderness Inquiry went on a trip to Africa. Now we have four different programs. There's some for adults and it can be in different states, but it's generally a public trip where they're able to meet other adults or go with friends. So it's just an opportunity for enjoying a trip into the wilderness. We have family trips as well. It's public as well, but it's other families who can join together and go as a family and meet other families who are out there. We also have a youth discount. We have a canoe mobile. This was just a program set up two years ago, which is an amazing program. Our outdoor leaders take people on trips all over America, from the West Coast to the East Coast, and provide kids and students and people with a variety of disabilities the experiences of being, kind of experiencing nature in their own communities to realize that like cities have natural environments that they can participate and learn about the environment in their cities and learn about some science and do environmental education, understand cultural history. So that's a really good program. And then we also have affinity groups that was established last year, which is has had a big impact on many communities. An affinity group is people who have similar identities, like having a BIPOC group or deaf, deaf-blind, or hard-of-hearing group or a women's group or an LGBTQAI group or a neurodiverse group. So right now we have those five affinity groups. And then we have an outdoor leader who identifies with a similar identity as one of... The members of those affinity groups and they go on that trip. And the picture that's there is from a deaf, deaf, blind, and hard of hearing group with five individuals who went on a trip together. So there was no need for interpreters because everybody was able to sign. So there was that communication there. And it was really wonderful to have that access group. And we also have had BIPOC groups where there's black or indigenous or people of color leaders. And so they were able to kind of share stories and experiences. So that's the affinity groups that we offer. And again, we've served over 500,000 total participants global worldwide. So the picture there is a person who is blind and is feeling a starfish. I'm not exactly sure what kind of starfish it is, but it's a tactile experience there. So that's part of that person's journey through the wilderness is to connect with nature and be able to talk with other people about that experience. So that's really an opportunity to kind of bring the, those intersections, intersectionalities together and bring people to have those different experiences. And so in the outdoor experience like that, oftentimes it's limited access there are barriers. And so we really work to try to break down those barriers and we have different ways to provide the access for people to get to where they wanna go through the wilderness. And there's never one path for anyone. So we have to find a variety of ways and paths that people can make it through their wilderness experience. So I want to talk a little about universal design, and so I'll show some different pictures of how that kind of plays out and fits with U- wilderness inquiry's concept. So there's a picture of a table. There were two people sitting at it, and there's one. There's not a bench on one side, so the person in a wheelchair can go under that table and not be kind of trapped and not be able to sit at the picnic table alone. The next picture shows two camps, kind of a base camp in the Apostle Islands. And there's a ramp there in the middle between the tents. So there's a ramp for a person in wheelchairs so that they're able to, to wheel right up to the tent. There's another picture here. There's kind of an orange matting over sand. So it allows a person in a wheelchair to travel over that. And then there's a sled on snow. It's called a Polk, P-U-L-K. And that is be able to be connected so that a person can be, it can be pulled by a dog or a person to allow somebody else with uh, mobility issues to participate. And then there's another um, picture of a tent in the Apostle Islands near a um, campsite with a ramp going to the tent. So there's a picture here with a, a rickshaw, kind of a human pulled rickshaw. So, so that's there's poles connected to a wheelchair that the person is able to pull the person along. So that's called a human powered rickshaw. The next picture is someone who has an orange um, kind of brace on their hands. And that's for someone to help them with paddling or someone who might not have hands, is it kind of strapped it on so that they're able to paddle in the canoe. So it's an adaptation for someone to be able to canoe. So I forget what this, um, there's kind of a green metal um, chair that's, and it's not something that's owned by Wilderness Empire. I forget what it's called, but it's used in Africa. It's for going through difficult terrain and difficult trails. So someone can kind of be carried along on that. And there's a picture right below it of a woman sitting in that, and that's able to be carried. And it might be hard to see, but there's a gorilla in that um, image where the the there's a group of people who are sitting on a hillside and looking at a gorilla. The next picture is of a trail and it has kind of a, a walkway made of wood to make it easier for walking through the wilderness. So the the next picture is of an ASL interpreter in a canoe and also of using tactile sign language so that deafblind people can do it. And also, so it's a kind of universal design to make sure there's access to communication on the trips. So you can see that the interpreter in the boat is sitting the opposite way of the other people canoeing. So the people who are canoeing can see the interpreter. really a cool experience to have that. Now I want to talk about Wilderness Inquiry's, um, different offerings and where we have camps. So I'm going to show most, the most popular place is the Apostle Islands is in Wisconsin. It's about two hours east of Duluth, Minnesota. We go to the Beartooth Mountains in Montana. So that's a picture of people, it's usually used for backpacking trips through the mountains. Go to Belize and Tikal, which is in South America. And they can learn about the history and the culture of that place. And the picture has a group of people in wheelchairs and using, um, and the leader is sitting in front of them. The Boundary Waters Canoe Area. So in Northeast Minnesota, kind of up on the border with um, Canada. In the Bronx, that's a good example of the Canoe Mobile program. So you can see that it's in a city environment, but youth are in a canoe able to enjoy the wilderness in the Bronx. In Chicago, that's another example of the Canoe Mobile, where it's in the city, but people are canoeing on the Chicago River. This is at Glacier National Park. This is more of a backpacking trip through the mountains in Montana. Hawaii's Big Island. So it's a a wonderful opportunity to see the flora and fauna in Hawaii. Iceland is another location. We just had a trip to Iceland a month ago. So they were able to do hiking to different areas in Iceland and different parks that were there. So it's called like state or national parks. It's something different in Iceland, what they call their parks, but it was an opportunity to go through kind of some, some national parks like that. And so learning about the natural environment and the culture as well. The Mississippi River here in our home in Minnesota New Zealand is another place. Mostly that's for backpacking and hiking. Peru is another location. Santa Barbara in California. That's another example of the Canoe Mobile program kind of in the city. The Superior Hiking Trail. So that's more focused on hiking. Sometimes it can be a little bit of paddling that's involved in that. But just being able to enjoy the beautiful natural environments of the Superior Hiking Trail. Tanzania in East Africa. It's an opportunity to see different wildlife, to see elephants and zebras and her lions and all the different kind of animals you would see in on a safari Uganda so that's a close up there with a, a gorilla coming up close to a person sitting in that um the chair that's able to be carried by people Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming That's a very popular location for family trips. So that's the end of my presentation. So feel free to ask any questions related to Wilderness Inquiry or anything else.
2: Okay, raise your hand if you have any questions for Reese. All right. Cindy, Cindy Wentz.
0: Cindy, you're still muted. Do you want me to stop sharing my screen? Would that be better if I stopped sharing my screen? Well, it doesn't really matter, but. Okay.
2: Cindy, if you're on a computer and you haven't gotten the got it button, um, the meeting is being recorded, so. Uh, tab around till you find got it and hit enter on it. Okay, that's the only hand we have so far and she is still muted. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I lied. Um. Okay, Jean, go ahead and unmute.
3: Yeah, hello. I, I am just amazed by this. I Went on a wilderness inquiry adventure, but it was it was sometime in the 1980s. I can't even remember what year it was. And I'm I'm listening to this presentation and thinking it's so much bigger now and so much more substantial than it was then. And I am hoping that you have a newsletter or some kind of a publication where we can find out what's going on and how to I would love to be um to get re-involved I enjoyed it tremendously it was dog sled it was a dog sled trip among other things and um and it was um it was it was really something it was I I would really encourage people to find out more about it.
0: Yes. So if you want more information with Wilderness Inquiry, you can go to our website at wildernessinquiry.org and you can subscribe there for more information. Or I can also share this PowerPoint with um, the committee to send that out to people so that you'd be able to go through, review the PowerPoint slides and be able to click on the links in it. But thank you for sharing your experience. Really appreciate knowing that back in the 80s, there have been really significant changes and there's really a lot more diversity in in the organization, a lot more opportunities and different resources and tools that we're able to provide. But I just enjoy hearing about your experience. Well, one of the
3: things that I really want to comment on was this whole idea of problem solving and the, the, uh, the metaphoric kinds of stuff and it wasn't as formal as, say, Outward Bound would be. You know, it was much more low-key than that. And so I liked it much better at the time. But it was, um, it really was worth
0: doing. Great. Excited to hear that.
2: All right. Cindy was able to unmute. So go ahead, Cindy.
4: Hi. I too was on a wilderness inquiry trip. I believe it was probably somewhere around 1990 and it was in the Penobscot region in Maine um, doing canoeing and um, camping. Uh, My question is, I, you know, you say that wilderness inquiry now has affinity groups. It's like on the one hand, you're very cross disability. And on the other hand, you're separating people out. And that makes me wonder if you have considered having an affinity group for people who are blind because our um needs in the wilderness are quite different from people who are deaf or people who use wheelchairs. And if there are affinity groups there, it just makes me wonder,
0: yes. We do want to set up a an affinity group for people who are blind. The issue is we don't have a blind outdoor leader at this point. So we we want to be able to h- hire someone with that who's an enthusiastic person for leading those kind of experiences. And then we can set up that affinity group because we want to make sure that the leader has the wow. same identity as that affinity group so that there's a connection there about because we don't want to bring in somebody who's cited or right, you know, who who to lead that group. Our experience is that that doesn't lead to something that re- is really that strong connection. Does that That's mean the, you, kind of you are actively right
4: looking for somebody?
0: Yes, we haven't we haven't opened the summer applications yet that will be happening in January or February. But if you know of anybody, any, any blind person who's in, in, interested in the outdoors and serving as a leader, if you could share that the information with them, we'd love for them to apply when we open it up in January or February.
4: I don't want to um, take all the airtime, but I'm a little confused. Is that as a participant or a staff person?
0: That would be as a staff person. Okay. Thank you. That way we can set up the blind affinity group if we have a blind person on staff who could lead that. Thanks. Great.
2: Okay. Any other, other questions? Other ways
0: too that we can connect oh. with other organizations. It can be also be on a public trip as well where blind people are involved right. in those public trips. But that where might be where the outdoor um, leader doesn't identify as blind. So there are other opportunities, but we are looking for the setting up that affinity group.
2: Cindy, you just raised your hand again. Did you have another question? I, t-
4: I will lower um, it. I will lower it, yeah. Um, no, I, I do have another question. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, so actually I am signed up for the Belize trip in February, along with a friend of mine who's blind and two individuals who are sighted, who we know. So we've already kind of started a little affinity group without a blind leader, of course, I understand that. So I guess I would just like to put out the word to people on this call or whatever, if you're blind and visually impaired and would like to join us, maybe we can
0: have a quasi affinity group. That would be amazing. I wish I could join you. That sounds like a (laughs) really fun trip. Okay, Jean?
3: Yeah, what's the date of it?
4: It's February 5th. And there's also another one the, the following week on February twelfth. I happen to be going on the February fifth one. The,
3: the the Belize, both in yes. Belize. Yeah. yeah, it's on
4: it's on their website.
3: Okay. Thank you.
2: Anybody else? Okay, Lynn? One of the things you didn't mention, and I'm 71 and I have uh, neuropathy and other things, but one of the things, not diabetic. So, um, so um, how much does it cost? And you didn't explain that or, or, or whatever and how to, you know, you told us how, to, how to sign up if we wanted to go. I live in uh, Washington State. Can you explain that, risk? I'd appreciate that.
0: Yeah, definitely. The cost really varies on which trip that you would sign up for. International trips tend to be a little bit more expensive. I'd say they average around $3,000 to $5,000 for an international trip. But in the United States, I'd say more of the costs range from $400 to $800 in that ballpark. We do have some financial assistance that people can apply for to provide some reduced um, um, prices. Does that answer your question, Lynn?
2: Yeah, it's um, the Jasper are a little bit out of my price range, but the US ones might be okay. So thank you very much, Riss. I appreciate that.
0: And like I said, you can also fill out the financial assistance form to get a reduced pr- price. So you could look at that if it's out of your price range. Any other questions? Like, so it seems like is the time up up soon. I, but I, I just want to thank everybody for your time. And for listening to the me talk about Wilderness Inquiry, I really appreciate it. And feel free to contact me at any time if you have questions.
2: Okay, well, you do have 28 minutes, but <laughs> if you're finished, that's fine,
0: too. Oh, I, I told Janet that I only had 30 minutes that I could offer. Oh, okay. All right. Well...
2: Then if there are no more questions, then I think we we will go ahead and end the meeting then, okay? Nancy, do you have any? Nancy, you're muted.
1: Can you hear me now? Yep. Sorry, sorry. Um so yeah, I I would like to just thank Riz for um presenting about a wilderness. Uh, uh, just Great information and good questions. And um I would like to thank the peop uh, the people that um helped with, you know, for A C B with uh, with this call too, with streaming it and hosting it and and I would also like to thank for the people that uh, came on the call. Um, that's that's what we like to see. So, and the ACB of Minnesota does community calls um, several times a year. We just try to think of different things to to present on to, you know, get people involved. And somehow that would be, I think, yeah, that would be great to have like a blind person, you know, to to help with this. And I don't know if somehow just get the word out, I guess, to maybe blind organizations that um, and see if there's somebody that's an outdoor enthusiast <laughs> and has time to do something like that. So thank you, everyone.